everybody, and welcome back to the Offshore Insights Podcast, where we share captivating individuals and stories connected by water. I'm your host, Evan Luth. We're stoked you could join us today, and I hope you enjoy your listening experience. Raised in proximity to his mother's own artistic craft, Jay grew up full of vibrant imagination as a young classic California surf rat. With his feet on the ground and head in the sky, he adopted a sponge-like approach to life, soaking up the creative juices that pulsed through his own bloodline and the artists that surrounded him. Once he had begun to understand and appreciate the power of working with his hands, Jay naturally followed the heartfelt calling towards an alternative life of constant creation. Journeying through the various mediums and forms of expression, he found a personal resonance in the power of design and his own ability to create spaces that help to influence and shape who we are. Gravitating towards wood and salvaged industrial materials more often than not, he began to build pieces and design spaces that transported the participant to another space and time, capturing the hearts and minds of many friends and strangers alike. On my way down the West Coast from an extended trip to the Pacific Northwest, I reached out to Jay to see if he'd be willing to connect for an episode on the podcast. He graciously accepted my invitation and welcomed me into his historic, sand-coated, and salt-crusted neighborhood of the Outer Sunset in San Francisco. For those of you who haven't already had the pleasure of experiencing Jay's art, he's a remarkable individual with a unique life perspective, and his work is no exception. Through his persistent creative endeavors, Jay has become widely known around the world as a builder of imaginative mobile spaces and a curator of fascination, commonly drawing out the inner childlike mind of most who are lucky enough to experience his art. In this episode, Jay and I catch a quick surf right out in front of his house at Ocean Beach, and we have a chat about creating your own life path, bridging the gap between childhood dreams and sustainable reality, finding identity through our passions, and much more. As a longtime fan, it was great to finally meet him, and I loved getting a sense for the source of his inspiring creative output, and I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, I give you episode number seven with Jay Nelson. At the zone, two hours, 32 minutes, coordinated universal time. This following program is dedicated to the city and people of San Francisco, who may not know it, but they are beautiful, and so is their city. Are you good to roll? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Are you starting? Oh, yeah. Here yeah, we are. We're there. Cool. We're live in space. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking yeah. the time. Stoked. I really appreciate you coming on the Offshore yeah. Insights podcast and, um, yeah, making some time out of your busy 
busy day with family and job and it was cool to like get a little little wiggle out front first yeah get, get an ocean shower and some good poundings <laughs> yeah we gotta hurry this up i gotta go back to 7-eleven my job at <laughs> no, I, sling I, um, some pepperoni sometimes i think i walk by 7-eleven all the time and i think well i could always get a job there I think it's this doesn't. Like this art thing doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think about stuff like that too. Where I'm like, if yeah. I just need, you know, some yeah. cash, like sometimes it looks really good to me. Uh -huh. Just like a job where you just walk in, you and just you stand behind a register yeah. and just ring people up. Yep, sounds pretty nice. Sometimes, huh? It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's funny. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. You just said job. You're like, yeah, get back to your job. I'm yeah, like, I'm like, what? Job. job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what is my job? I know. I used to do, I mean, I've been a cashier clerk at like a BevMo back in the day. And, BevMo. And, wow. um, Crazy. you know, things like that. And, and um, it is interesting because you kind of just filter through people, you know, or they filter through yeah. you. Yeah. You know. I do find, though, that corporate jobs are kind of the most stressful. Like, I worked at Domino's and uh, it was freaking gnarly. Like, how. They're really particular about all your, you know, Every like little... if you break the rule, just because like I think with corp corporations, they have so much to lose. Like uh -huh. if you, like for example, this one time I had, like you're only allowed to leave with like $20 and change. You can never have more than that when you go out to deliver pizzas. Uh -huh. And I had like the corporate manager was in, he was like, let me see how much money you have. And I pulled out all my money and it was like $18 and he's like, how about your wallet? And I opened my wallet and there was $5. And they almost fired me for that. What? Yeah, because it was like I was over the amount. And what's the reason And then, there? well, they don't want people to get robbed because right. it's like a liability yeah, thing. Yeah, because that but, three bucks would, you know, be worth <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like insane. So, but that's like whenever people ask me about I, That's pretty much the only job I think I've ever really had. Uh -huh. I've had like little jobs. I worked at Mollusk. But like real, like full-time job. Yeah. Where it's like a well-oiled machine and you're just like yeah. a part, <laughs> a functioning gear. If you gear. call it a job, I don't know. Yeah, right? An occupier of time. Yeah. <laughs> just starting off, um, it'd be cool if you could just share with us, for those of us who are not familiar with you and your work, um, just yeah. a little bit about kind of uh, your life growing up and, and where you grew up and who you grew up around and kind of how those yeah. factors influenced who you are now and, and you know how you've yeah. gotten here. Yeah, well, I'm... I'm I like, um, you know, I go to like, I'm an artist and I go to a lot of art lectures and I really like when um, artists tell their stories. Like, I'm really curious about, you know, when there's people that I really look up to, artists, um, I'm always really curious, like, how do, what's your like life story? Like, I don't really care so much about like, like people's, you know, like the theory behind their work. I'm mostly just interested in like, how did you get from being like a right. little kid who knew nothing? Yeah to like this, you know, legendary, not to say that I'm in that, that no, category, I know, I know but like, mean, you know, though, like I'm always kind of, so that's, I always, so when I go, sometimes I'll go to colleges and give artist talks yeah. and I always, I'm like, I'm just going to tell my story of like, this is how I started out. And then, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I appreciate that. But, um, well, no, I, that yeah. gets lost in translation for a lot of people too. Cause you do see these people as these almost enigmatic status, yeah. you know, and you're like, well, they're just yeah, this how thing. do you get there? They're this entity, yeah. you know? Were they always human, like that? You know? No, they weren't. They got and it's like Yeah, it's like that's the beautiful thing of life is like you're kind of, you know, you just kind of work at what you do for a long time and then suddenly you get to a certain point where you're like, wow, like... And I mean, I think that's really what's interesting about art because there really is no, you know, there's no like... I mean, you can go to art school, but art school doesn't really teach you how to be an artist. Like, you really have to learn everything on your own and you... I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe everyone's that way, but it's not like there's not a clear cut roadmap, you right. know. Um, 
so it's always really interesting how artists kind of get from, you know, like achieve success or become, you know, get to a point where they're able to, you know, be successful and live off their, the work they make. Yeah. So. So what was that like for you? Well, uh, I grew up in Southern California and I grew up in, um, the South Bay of Los Angeles and yeah, just, uh, pretty much like, I think I started surfing when I was maybe like nine or 10 and then, um, yeah, I don't really talk about this a whole lot, but when I was, when I was like 13, I, I, uh, I got cancer and I was really into surfing at the time and I pretty much had to like, you know, I had to be pulled out of school and homeschooled for about 18 months. And wow. so I was like in eighth grade and I was really into surfing and all my friends were into surfing. It's pretty much, that was like, if you asked me like, who are you at yeah. like 13 years old, I would have said I was, you know, I'm a surfer and that's right. it. And, uh. You know, I pretty, it was pretty hard at the time because I had to, like, close the door on that whole part of my life. Yeah. As far as, um, you know, being a surfer, I couldn't surf at all and couldn't hang out with my friends. And, wow. Um, yeah, sorry to just drop that heavy no, bit. Not, right not that, in the least bit, man. I, no, that's, I was thinking about today and I... I mean, that's a part yeah. of who you are. That's, that's, yeah, no, it's a big part. And it, it kind part. of is where I, is when I really became interested in art because my mom was an art teacher and a ceramics teacher uh -huh. um, in a high school. And she... Um, she got me really into ceramics at the time, and I kind of, like, associate that time in my life as a time where I really, in a lot of ways, kind of, like, you know, took, like, a different road in life. There was kind of a fork, and I went, like, kind of a different direction where, like, now I really, you know, I define, I, I'm a surfer and an artist, and that's how I would define myself, but, you know, like, I really took that, like, the path of, of being an artist and kind of, you know, as a kid, the cool thing about, I did, so I was doing a lot of ceramics, my mom was a ceramics teacher, you know, so I, and, um, the cool thing is, is like you, I remember like the first bowl I made and we fired it and glazed it and then fired it again. And then I was like eating my cereal out and that was like my bowl. And I was yeah. like, this is so amazing to just like make something and it's holding and, it, and it was the first thing I made and I'm using it and it's works great. Wow. It's a perfect cereal bowl. I mean, right. it's a piece of shit, but it was a perfect no, cereal it bowl. It was the best bowl ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I was like, wow, like, that's cool. I want to make more of those. And so it kind of got me down this path of making, you know, and, and that really, like, as a kid who, like, really didn't have anything but surfing, it really built my confidence. It's like, oh, I'm this other thing. Uh -huh. I'm like this artist. I'm just making ceramics. I'm To develop I'm a new identity things. kind yeah, of Yeah. Or like, that. yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, so, so really that kind of, you know, that time, um, you know, really kind of set me down, I think, the path that I'm on, you know, that I'm, I'm on now in a way. I mean, I think there's been other moments in my life where of like, you know, the cool thing about art, the way art kind of works is that, or at least it's worked for me, is like you kind of like stumble along through it until something happens. And then that is kind of like a, you know, like maybe it's kind of like a breakthrough and then that kind of pushes you down another path. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been kind of moments like that in my life where I've been like, oh, like, for example, like the first camper I made was like, this was like a moment right. where I was like, there's, there's something here, like, right. I want to keep going on this, right. you know, or like that first, you know, making that first cereal bowl, uh -huh. kind of like that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Tangent, but that's yeah. so, no, that's killer. Yeah, I loved but, hearing that. But yeah, so I, you know, I, I grew up doing a lot of art and then um, I kind of, I, when I was about, I had all my surfboards made by this guy, John Wagner, who is, uh, you probably know, he's uh, yeah. like Encinitas, now he lives in Encinitas, and um, 
he, when I was like about 16, he, I would always go and he kind of would, tr like I would, I would clean his shop and do stuff like that and watch him shape. And then, you know, in exchange, he would like, you know, make me, you know, surfboards. And, yeah. and when I was like 16, he had this blank that was like a defect and he gave it to me. He was like, you're, I think you're ready to shape foam a board. Foam blank or wood? Yeah, foam blank. Yeah. This was like, yeah, this was way before, Pretty, way before any wood boards were being yeah. made. And, um, so I, I got that blank and then I went home and I shaped it and I brought it back to him and it was like the same thing as like the cereal bowl where I was like, I was like, this thing's going to be rad. And then I paid someone to, sh to glass it. I mm -hmm. played his shop and then I got it and I was like, this is the best board I've ever ridden. <laughs> I was like, this board's amazing. But of course yeah. it was nowhere near as good as any of John's boards, but because I made it, yeah. I had like this like patience with it. Like I was like, I'm going to like, this is my board. I made it, you know, and I. I really love that board. It was about 16 inches wide, I think. Super narrow, like whittled down board, probably 5'10". And uh, so I shaped surf, so then I started shaping surfboards. Then I wanted to be a shaper for a while until I was, you know, all through my 20s I shaped. But um, yeah, I, I went to art school. I went to like community college and I went to art school. And then I, um, I kind of really lucked out. I was living in West Oakland and there was a group of surfers there. These really, really awesome surfers who were artists. And they actually saw my friend and I were driving to go to the beach one day and they like kind of were like, hey, what's up? And then I started hanging out with them and they were, and they kind of connected me to, they were friends with a guy who started Mollusk. And so I kind of, anyways, I got involved with Mollusk. But so. But brought into the fold of a really tight Yeah, I'm kind of moving community. through my, my life story pretty quickly. Yeah, so then I, you know, like I was really lucky to meet those guys because they were, especially like Alex was, um, you know, like he's he's a surfer and he was an artist and he was he was you know just making it work for himself. You know, mm -hmm. he was kind of the first person I met who was like, oh, this is cool. Like you can you can make a life as like an artist and a surfer mm -hmm. and you know and so um, you know big inspiration for me. And then I uh, and then I kind of through Alex and Keith and Manny kind of met this guy John who started Mollusk and then uh -huh. I. Um, I kind of a long story how I got involved with him, but then I kind of got involved in making, working on the interior of Mollusk. Right. And uh, treehouse built yeah, out there. Yeah. And then lived in the attic of Mollusk. Uh huh. And while I was living in the attic of Mollusk, built my first camper. So oh, okay. that's kind of how I got. Wow. To, so it really all came together. Yeah. Just one thing after another, like well, you said. kind of. I mean, there was space between, sure. but that's kind of how I got to. But the points were. That's how connecting. I got to living in the. Um, basically, I I started working on Mollusk, and I. I found that there was this little attic space and I just, um, I was like, Hey John, can I just live up here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Convenient and then, little. Um, yeah. He was super, super space. supportive, which was lucky. And yeah. And that was like a really incredible two years of my life. Just living in the attic. Living of in a surf shop. Yeah. That is so wild. And, uh, in a tree house. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. It was gnarly. <laughs> I mean, like, it sounds like if you just say that out of context, it sounds almost like fairy tale, you know, like, I was living in a treehouse inside of a surf shop. Yeah, well, was, what beach, it was you know? is there was a treehouse in the shop, but hidden behind the treehouse was a secret little hole. Uh-huh. And so you have to climb up, and then there was a little hole, and then you climb to that hole, and then that went up into the attic. No way. So no one could ever see. Oh, yeah. wow. That's what I was wondering about when you're when I'm trying to visualize this. I'm like, isn't that like kind of like coming into the commercial space during the day, you know, like no, your living quarters? Kinda, well, I, I, would, I would leave. You know, right. I, I wouldn't be there during yeah. the day. Or I worked at Moss too. So sure. I actually worked. But I mean, you had your own private space. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I'd go up there in the middle of the day sometimes. Or, sure. you know, come down and 
half, you know, in my pajamas some days. <laughs> You're the, the shop, shop gremlin. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the token addict troll. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I was, um, and then I cut a hole in the, up in the wall and you could, there's a little window and you could see the beach, which was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I, I had like my bed and I could wow. see the waves and it was Wild. like, it was such a cool time. And then, <laughs> um, yeah. And then I, I built my first camper, like pretty much I started it in, in the, in a parking space right in front of Mollusk and uh -huh. then finished it in a friend's wood shop. But, um, yeah, Mollusk was really cool because it was, there was all these really great artists, you know, like that were, that I met through that place. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was like all these people that I didn't even know existed. I was really out of it um, at the time. You know, I think nowadays, like kids, it's so easy with like social media to like know about everything that's happening. But like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like I didn't know, like, you know, I didn't know about Thomas Campbell and his films, even though they'd come out when I was probably in high sure. school. So it was like wait, you know, years before I, yeah, like some of them. Um, yeah, but yeah, you'd have so, to be in a physical space with people back in those days. Yeah, actually, yeah, like you know, how would you? Well, you could like them. you could read magazines, maybe. Yeah, but it still uh, seems like this far away. Yeah, point, yeah, you, you know, wouldn't know. I know, and so, um, I, you know, I lived there, and that was amazing. And then, um, yeah, I, I would you say it was around that time, or was it maybe earlier on in your life, like when you were a kid, that you kind of had committed yourself to like pursuing that that avenue or that path through your creative passions and kind of an alternative career path well, as well. I never it's funny because I always just or if like there was any one point yeah it's funny because like a lot of the I guess like a lot of the artists I really liked you know like for example there was like Jean-Michel Basquiat mm -hmm. who was like this rad you know yeah, when I, I was when Scott. I was when I was young I really liked him and like you know I read his book mm. and I read a book about him and then I saw there's a movie about him and I it's just like you look at all these people who are famous artists and it's just like you just kind of assume like yeah they just did it right you know and you just right. you never you don't know how to do it right. but you kind of you see that people have done it so you're like i'm gonna do it but the truth is it is it is hard and it takes a long time to like figure it out and i'm still not there yet there's right. still i know i know what i want but i still haven't gotten there well um, ultimately it is your own this is the art piece right like yeah. this process yeah i mean you're creating an art piece totally in trying to make smaller pieces, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a it's way, true. at least. No, I like yeah. that. I like that way of thinking, yeah. definitely. It's like a slowly evolving, it long takes, curing. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of the pressure off because you're just like, you know, this is just, it's a lifelong process. Mm. This is the next <laughs> layer of paint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. super cool. I like hearing that a lot. And it's cool that you were so perceptive, you know, growing up, like you said, of tuning in just to the kind of essence of, of the passion behind these artists, you know, like regardless of the roadmap, you know, cause there is yeah. no roadmap, you know, yeah. just like, I don't know, just, just follow that intuitive, I assume, you know, feeling for you. Yeah. I think too, like for me, I, I really don't think there's any other option. Like I just haven't really ever been good at anything else. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there wasn't like, I wasn't, I barely got that job at Domino's. <laughs> I applied for a lot of other jobs and no one ever wanted me. Um, so Hilarious. really, it's like, that's it, man. Yeah. If this doesn't work, it's like, well, <laughs> there's not much else it's going horrible, on for me. That uh, is so. Kinda, so in relation to the work that you do, I, I was reading through some of your, your bio and your website, and I thought it was really cool. You did a really great job of articulating kind of your your vision and intent for the work oh, you yeah. do. And, um, and there was just... I, uh, the way you expressed it was, you know, in a way that I've never heard it put before and it made so much sense and it was, um, you know, and somewhere there you talk about, 
you know, why you're interested in architectural forms is because of the weight they carry in our lives, you know, and yeah. how all these different possible manifestations of them are the things that collectively make us who we are. Yeah. You know, and totally. um, just yeah. curious if you could kind of expand on how you came to that philosophy yeah. of art. Um, well, I guess is what happened was I was building, I was painting this whole time and I was building campers. I, when I started building campers, I kind of didn't necessarily think of that as my artwork. Like I wasn't, I just kind of wanted a camper. Like I wanted it more, it was more about just trying to figure out how do you like not pay rent and like live <laughs> yeah. the most like stripped down simple life and just strip away all like the shit that just is like distracts you from yeah. the work that you want to make or the you know the pleasures um, yeah. yeah and and surfing and you know like I don't know I, I think I realized pretty quickly that like if you're paying rent you're working you're not surfing mm -hmm. and then you know like no one wants to buy my art right now so they're not buying that <laughs> so it's like that means I gotta work a job <laughs> and uh, so I started building those campers and for a while I didn't, you know, I didn't really, you know, I, I, I built tree houses for people. I would make money doing that. But, um, you know, the, it just like kind of, it slowly evolved into like now that's part of like the larger work that I make, my artwork. And um, at a certain point I was making paintings and I started to think like, think so much about architecture. But when I get to a gallery to hang a show, I just pretty much like walk in and put the paintings on the wall. Right. Yeah. And I, I do it in a way where it's like I think about where they are and I think about which ones and that stuff. But I don't think about the physical space. But the physical space is like so important for how people experience the work. It's like, just as important. Yeah. It's just as important. Yeah. So and then I, you know, I was thinking about well, like you gave when, the example, you know, just simply the, the bench, museum bench. You know? Yeah. It's like you walk into duh, a museum right? and <laughs> it's like you walk through a room, there's no bench. You get to the end of the room, there's a bench in front of a painting. It draws you in. And you want to sit at the bench. And yeah. look, it makes you look at the painting longer. Spend time Yeah, with it, it yeah. tells you, like, this is where we want you to sit. This is where, like, this is the ideal space from mm -hmm. the painting you should be sitting. You know, it feels very intentional. So I, I wanted to make, like, shows that were, like, the museum bench, but way more elaborate. Mm -hmm. And um, really kind of, like, making like sometimes the spaces I would make would be almost like hard for people to get inside of and then kind of hold people longer. And so they're more about like maybe two people, they walk in, they sit down, they like live with an artwork for a while, they talk, they have a conversation, you know, in the same way that furniture is about like, it's a place for people to sit and have a conversation and interact. I wanted to make kind of rooms that were the same way. So they're like about, you know, places for people to stop and right. And, hope, and kind of the idea always is that, you know, when you go into these spaces, you leave feeling different you or changed in some way, or you leave feeling hopefully inspired. Well, what's really cool, and this is a lot, all this stuff that you're talking about is, is what jumped out at me about the atmospherics that I was mentioning, you know, oh. because that to me was like the first time. Oh, that's cool. That's, I had heard, that's why you I had came heard, up with Yeah, well, that's why. I had heard that mentioned in, in reference to marketing stuff, and I had heard it referenced, you know, in relation to these civil engineering projects, you know, for urban environments. And I think a lot of people look at installation artists and stuff like that, and they go, okay, yeah, you know, like I see what they're doing, they curate this whole experience. But for some reason, with fine art or, or whatever interior design, or not interior design, but like furniture designs, like that, people somehow it gets compartmentalized and it, and it no longer is incorporating that overall experience start to finish, you know? Yeah. 
or at least it seems that way. Like people don't take that same perspective. That's all encompassing. You mean like, artists or artists and, or just like the way we receive or perceive other fine art, you know, like yeah. we're not, I don't see as many people doing as good a job as you've been doing in terms of curating that whole experience start to finish, you know, like you were talking about just like whatever the way that a certain light from a certain window draws your gaze, you know, or a way that, you know, the, this orientation of this shape here to that, you know, pauses, you know, the person. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty unaware of the science behind it. And I, I really liked, I really want to hear that interview you were talking about, about, uh, you know, how there's, like studies, you know, the way that... I mean, they were doing it down to, like, neurological levels of, of, of creating soundtracks that were in tune with, with heart rhythms at resting heart rates. So yeah. 60 beats a minute, 60 to 100 beats a minute, depending on the, oh, on the environment. And yeah. that, that basically, if they just played that through, along with another, like, songbirds and other natural things through the speakers and, like, the light poles on the streets, that, that people were just feeling you wow. know, a little more grounded, a little more peaceful in these pretty, you know, intense urban environments and in high crime areas. And so they were studying its impacts on It's kind of crazy. I think they do that stuff on airplanes, don't they? For sure. Like newer airplanes? Because yep. I've heard that, like, they have methods to, like, make you so you're less jet-lagged mm-hmm. and more relaxed. And Totally. And, and like I said, I think initially the atmospherics came out of a marketing strategy and it had to do with, with curating solicitation, basically. Like, you know, how to sell a space, you know, and down to, like, the scent, you know, like, like they've yeah. talked about how like citrusy smells make you have this like feeling that's a little bit more like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. buy something, you know, or mm. all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I, I just, I never really thought about it before until I heard that. And I was like, wow, it's wild. It's crazy. That's art. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you're pushing a product and unfortunately it's being used just to buy shit, you know? Yeah. But nevertheless, whoever's behind the creation of that is, is an artist, you know? Yeah. So wow. I thought it was cool that you just came to that, like you said, through intuitive feeling of just like, well, this is what I want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely want well, to Well, I definitely see it apply um, to, you know, your, your various vehicles and vessels that you've created. And, and I was curious, um, you know, you mentioned in your in your bio when, that when you're creating one of these for yourself, that you're creating it with, you know, like this this vision of a journey or a trip in mind. Yeah. You know, and like a particular utility that it'll serve. And like you go there in your mind and um yeah do you feel like when you ride in those things that you become a little bit more aligned with your your individual vibration or whatever yeah i think so i mean i think that um i mean it's hard to say uh well like what's when you're riding in them do you yeah do you feel like that's your sanctuary like is that your, your place of solace like you have this super unique you know, space you've created and yeah. it's like a very unique way of traveling through time, you know, mm-hmm. into spaces. Like, Well, that's the goal. Definitely. I mean, some are not that way. Some are, uh-huh. are, I mean, there's always ones that like kind of fail in that way. I mean, I, in terms of, so the one that I made for Visla, I mean, I think generally like I got to say, and I don't mean to like brag, but <laughs> <laughs> I got to say that like every single, most of the ones I make, honestly, like they're early on, there were some failed attempts, yeah. but pretty much most of the ones I make like surpass expectations. Awesome. Like I, I'm like, I'm going to have this thing. And then, I mean, that's why I keep making them. Otherwise I wouldn't yeah. make them. Like I get in them and right. then I'm like, holy shit, this is sick. So sick yeah. And then I, you know, I hit the road and like, so it's pretty interesting. Like, so I made this one for Visla, the, the dream steeple. And we made it like a bunch of the guys came up like Corbin and Derek Disney. And we like, made it so fast it was like two weeks at wow. the time that was really fast for yeah. me. now now i'm kind of i make them actually pretty quick now uh-huh yeah you've but, got the routine 
kind of, I mean, I really try to like always go somewhere new with them. I don't ever want to have a routine. Cause then there's, where's that more... magic feeling when you first get in sure. it? Yeah. There wouldn't be that magic feeling. Right. You'd just be like, ah, I'm here But you again. can call upon your bat, your past creations yeah. for yeah, 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 yeah. And... Like I can understand, now I understand when I have an idea and I draw it out, I understand how it needs to be made. Whereas before I, I didn't know how to make it. Uh huh. Um, and so I had to like experiment Guess along the way a lot. Yeah. yeah. Cut and check. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. <laughs> Guess and check. <laughs> so, um, anyhow, well, so with the dream steeple, I like, we made that and then those guys just left with it. And so I did. Awesome. And so, but I always told them, I was like, I'm only making this if I get to go on a trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. And so <laughs> then Corbin called me. He's like, Hey, where are we, what are we going to do? We're going to go on a trip, right? Like, yeah. let's go on a rad trip. And so we went to British Columbia and Derek, Disney, and Kenny Hurtado came and picked me up. It was the first time I'd really driven in it. And we just like got out on the road and I was in the back and I just like stood up and has this like, this big kind of glass in the front uh-huh. bubble and it's just so incredible. Wow. It's a magical space inside. Yeah. And I was well, like, this probably, is Well, you probably, like you said, you hadn't awesome. been a passenger yet, like yeah. sitting there soaking it up. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so that was really fun to like not, to kind of experience it through like, the film and everything, and then to actually get to go on this trip. Yeah, and, and that, see that it all really come to fruition. And, yeah. like, and then you get the benefit of enjoying the journey yeah. with it. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, because I'm sure, obviously, with some of them, you just pass them off to whomever is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I try not to. I've only done that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, there's something about, like, I'll build a treehouse for someone and just pass it off, but there's something about campers that I just don't want to do that. Right. It's just kind of... I can't explain what it is, um, but I don't feel comfortable just like making, I will, I don't, people write me a lot and are like, Hey, would you make me a camper? And I just don't want to make them for other people. I only is really want to make them want for me. you want some sort of a connection there first or some sort of organic like inspiration? Yeah. I just don't think it's fair. <laughs> to, to the person? Or, no, to or me. to your art? Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds pretty lame, but I just, no, I want to, I, I, totally I don't, respect I know. That. I, I just, that. I want to be the one. I want it to be mine. And I just, and so, and I, I know that that's like some weird, like privilege point of view. Well, like most people in the world make things and sell them and are very happy with that. But I'm just, with campers, I just, you know, there's other things I'll do, but with campers, yeah. I just don't really want to. Yeah. I mean, I think I you're mean, right I'll, yeah. in that it's privilege. Like you have, you have that privilege and that's, yeah. but that's wonderful that you have that privilege. And I yeah. think that I feel like most artists struggle with that whole relationship with commissioned pieces and you know, versus originals that they just felt and created, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I'm close with a couple of my art teachers from high school still. And they don't like they to talk sell, about sell that work. Now. Yeah. Or just commission stuff, especially they're like, God, no, I don't do commission work. It's yeah. Well, commissions are hard. Yeah. Cause you have someone kind of stand, you know, like I, I'm very careful. That's another thing. It's like when, when you, Vistla has been really great because they pretty much just kind of be like, we want to do this trip. I've, I've now made three campers for them and wow. um, yeah they're just kind of like we want to do this trip and it's mostly Corbin or Vinny uh-huh. Vin, you know Vin, Vinny de Pina and just like here's some money go for it and uh, <laughs> and That's it's so like cool they kind of yeah I mean they're they're a small a pretty small company actually you wouldn't know it because I feel like they're kind of out there but mm. um, as far as like working through the company it's just a really easy easygoing group of people and well, small chosen who they've aligned themselves with very well yeah i mean in terms of who represents oh their it's, efforts, it's yeah. such a fun group man yeah. i really uh, yeah it's like I, I 
cherish everyone that's a part of that that's group. So cool. Like all the ambassadors are. That's a really rare thing to have. In oh, I, industry, I just I like honest. when they when we do trips or anything, I just jump at the opportunity because yeah. I'm like it's so fun. Wow. You know, I love hearing that. Oh yeah. So the last one, I just built one for them, and we went to Australia. So they, we went to Australia. My family came. We were staying in Byron Bay. Built a camper in like 11 days, which was like crazy fast. And it's a wow. big one. It's a really big one. It came out really good, and um, and then we drove it to Sydney for like the um, this was sponsored the Manly Sydney Manly. It was a QS contest. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and we cool had it there, and people bring... could come check it out. And stuff. Right, right. So. Well, and, yeah. and I mean, for those of our listeners who are not familiar visually yeah, with, with your work, you, you create these pieces that are, you know, borderline on their functionality because of how creative and how imaginative and eccentric they are visually. You know, like yeah. the way you use space is like you've found a function and a utility for it, but it seems like you're kind of like always walking that line of like where does, where does that pure um, passion and imagination have its outlet to be expressed freely? Versus, like, do I tie this into a direct utility at the same time? Yeah. How, how do you see the relationship between the utility of your work and just the creative endeavor? I think that um, there really has to be utility. I mean, it's it's hard. Like, if you're building a camper, like, there has to... By utility, you mean functional. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah just some sort of yeah. function. Yeah, I mean, so I, I do have... Some of my earlier projects were less functional. And, um, you know, like there's a boat over a moss that's like, it's just totally <laughs> not, for not looking seaworthy. at. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just for looking but at. But see with your eyes, you know? worthy. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think it's also, I mean, people a lot of times I find really love those ones because they kind of have to finish it themselves. Yeah. They, they look at it and they're like, they, you know, some people look at it like, ah, yeah, that thing will never work. And other people look at it and they're like, Oh yeah, that's cool, potential. and they see it, and so it, it really is about you more. Mm-hmm. It's about you know who are you and how right. are you going to interpret this. Sure. And so I I do think that's really cool, um, and I like that. Kind of causing pause, you know, in people to like reevaluate how they're looking at something and yeah whether or not it serves a totally a purpose, you know. Yeah. Or what um, or what that purpose has to be or doesn't have to be, you know. Yeah. But then the same time, it's like you know things I just I can't make things anymore like I just I think if I'm building a camper like it, it has to work like it just has to like you know yeah function I well, mean otherwise it's like I don't want to just make things that people stand around just you know? ornamental yeah and I do make things and I like making sculptures and I mm-hmm. like making I like making you know paintings but there's something about the campers I just I just don't want them to be that you know I want them to be functional. Well, I think the really cool thing Otherwise, about... Otherwise, I feel like it's kind of like being a poser a little bit. Because <laughs> they, they're implying that they're functional. So if they're not, then it's kind of it just like a prop. Right. You know, like totally. a set. And it's yeah. like, I don't... Well, what's really cool about you you making them functional and having that be a motive for you is that, in my opinion at least, like that art then gets to go live around the world. It gets to go be in the world itself and like takes yeah. on these experiences that people give to it and those energies and whatever. Like, totally. You know, it gets to have a life. Yeah. It doesn't sit on a wall in an attic, you know? Yeah. And it's really great. I mean, driving, I've driven, you know, been on the road a lot in campers and it's pretty amazing. Like you go to someplace like, you know, like Texas, for example, and you're like, I'm not going to really have any 
anything in common to people in Texas. That's what, what you might think being like a surfer from California. Uh-huh. But then it's like you get there and you pull over on the side of the road and you meet someone and right. you invite them in and like you hang out and it's like this thing is like a connector. Totally. It connects me to like people and where it's like a normal car you would drive right through yep. a place like Texas, never get out of the car except to get gas, never talk to anybody maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it definitely opens you up to the world which I think is really, really special about them. Not to pick out Texas. I actually really think Texas is, I love Texas, and I, I think it's a really great place. Yeah, but I know what you mean. And there's some an environment that you there, so. don't maybe know much about that you've kind of yeah. assumed is not somewhere where you'll jive, you know, or, or that yeah. people will look at, you know, whatever, see you as an outsider and not respond well. But The other thing I'll say about that really quick, too, is, like, I just want to, like, say that the USA is a very supportive place of campers. I will say too. Yes. There's this thing where that I really love about the USA (laughs) (laughs) where we kind of have this like cowboy culture um, of like, kind of like, fuck you. I'll do whatever I want. Like renegade. Like you're not, you know, and campers are really about that. They're like, they're really about like, do it yourself. Like you don't have to buy into like any, you know, into like renting a home or buying a home. Like you can just say, fuck it and live in your car and, yeah. And, you know, and we'll like accept you and you'll totally. do that. I mean, some people will, there's another side of that too. But, um, you know, honestly, I've built them in other countries and like, that's not always the case. Like in other countries, like in terms of being well like, received. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I mean, for example, Spain, Yeah, I had a really hard time in Spain. Like yeah. people really didn't like, they thought I like looked at me like I was a criminal or something. Like a circus show. Or and something. I'm not, that's not just, I am sensitive, but that's right. not just me being sensitive. Yeah. Like I have a, I can, you yeah. know. There were interactions. There was police things. Wow. I've never once been pulled over in one of my campers in the U.S. Wow. Never. And I've been That's pulled over crazy. in other cars. Yeah. But, um... It's almost like it's such an extreme... Yeah. ...that they don't even question it. Like, yeah. They're just like, cool, yeah. I yeah. guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, what to make of this? So, I, I... It's made me... I really appreciate the U.S. in that way. And, um, am happy that it, that it is that way. Yeah, um, Absolutely. It's so funny, too, like, and I'm sure you have some sense of this as a surfer, that, like, I've kind of been conditioned, unfortunately, I think, um, to, you know, as a surfer when I travel, to really make it my life program to stay off the radar and to, like, really tread lightly and to, like, never get noticed and, you know. Oh, for sure. Because that's how I successfully get to surf a lot of places that other people get kicked out of, you know. Yeah. But so to me, like when you're talking about this, like I'm just like, that's fucking crazy. Like I would never <laughs> I know. show up. But that being said, like the alternative is that it is such an extreme that you do, it's novelty. Like it, like it brings people out of the woodwork, like you said. Like people just yeah. show up and they're like, hey, what, what is this? No, and I, you know? I totally agree, man. I love being on, oh, under the radar. Right. And I, I sometimes, I do have a hard time with that sometimes. Um, because that some, kind of becomes your identity. Like, yeah, and some days you're stoked. You're like, I'll be that guy. Like, I want to meet everybody. Like, you yeah. know, and then other days you're just like, I just want to be alone. Yeah. I want to be left alone, you know. Yeah. Um, and you don't get that. Like, right. that's not the deal, dude. You made a custom camper that's crazy looking. <laughs> you don't get to be left alone. Thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I have noticed that, like, generally I find that it kind of breaks down that kind of seriousness in the surf world. Right. I, I have noticed, not always, but I've never really run into anything, but I've generally noticed that it kind of like, it does the same thing in the surfboard where it does open people up and mm. be like, oh, all right, cool. Mm. You know, um, 
of course that's not going to be the case and you know i don't think it would work like that in seaside oregon with california plates right. but yeah exactly um, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but i think that most of the time like driving around i mean in british columbia we had incredible we went to all well, Canadians all sorts of ways. What? Canadians, <laughs> Canadians, of course, yeah, love you. <laughs> they're uncorrupted. They're yeah, exactly. Really, really, Canadians are, There's, I found, to be really pleasant, awesome people. Absolutely. Um, but Well, and it is kind of ironic that, I mean, surfers, that they've become so um, kind of repressive in that tribal mentality of, of in-crowd, in out-crowd, because ultimately, obviously, like, you know, surfing's an art form, and it's a form of expression. And, yeah. like, it's what we do to express ourselves like yeah. even if it's not for other people to see yeah. that's our outlet so like it's weird that more surfers wouldn't be like wow you know that's so cool that person you know expressing themselves in that way you know and just seeing <laughs> like the good spirit behind it you know yeah but it, i suppose it is i don't know some people just maybe it's you know just discomfort you know with the unknown or like just like yeah this, this freakish thing i don't know what to make of it you know or yeah but it seems like more often than not for you at least it's been like more of a catalyst for connection and yeah it has people. i mean it feels like it has i i have yet to have like ba a really bad interaction with yeah. people yeah um i definitely like driving around australia i, I had that feeling like going to certain waves uh -huh. and being like oh gosh we got say? this little crew here we had five people in the car right we have this big camper yeah and like Sore people thumbs. were all super friendly you know awesome. with, with us so yeah um, yeah, that's definitely an area I would be like, I don't, this could go one of two ways. You yeah, know? <laughs> I have no idea. I yeah. don't know what Australia is like. Yeah, well, it's certainly wild. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And rugged, yeah. That's super cool. I think it's just so rad that it, because I bet that that wasn't like a part of your foresight when you first started making them, like, oh, this is going to be a way for me to meet people and like, you know, find no, connections. No, it was totally like a selfish, this is just about me like trying to live in a car as comfortably as possible yeah and um that's what it was about at the wow. beginning but so you got to do you mentioned you were you could i guess what commission do a few pieces for facebook right yeah and the, I, the one i was particularly drawn to was your your mother brain that you oh, did for mother them brain, yeah. and um <laughs> i just thought that that was such an interesting idea given who you are and what i you know as little as i know but what i do know about facebook as a corporation <laughs> and I guess what I'm wondering is, like, when you got commissioned to do that, like, what was the intention that you set for this, you know, as you put it, experimental social space, you know? Yeah. Like, like, thinking, for you thinking of, like, okay, who works at Facebook? What's their world like? Like, yeah. what do I want to Well, I guess I went into them? it not having any idea about Facebook. I'd never seen anything like that. I showed wow. up, and um, my friend was the art, he ran the, pro the art program there mm -hmm. and was kind of a curator. And he invited me there, and I was just like, you know, saw the whole, like, all the, like, you know, like, the food, the free food, like, the laundry, the, they have, like, a wood shop. I mean, it's just crazy. It's own world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's insane. Like, all the, the, uh, the perks. Um, yeah. But one thing I kind of felt, uh, I felt really like an outsider there at first. I bet. And, yeah, like, I felt like I was, like, you know, everyone here is working, and I'm just, like, kind of... You know, doing I'm working too but in a very different way yeah. and I felt like at first like kind of very alone and I think like the um, that project it was like a little bit like I think it, my original intention maybe was a little bit like subversive where I was I felt like what if like instead of 
like it was kind of the anti-technology like it's not you don't bring your phone up there there's no place to oh you can bring your phone but yeah you know you sit cross-legged it's like very much like me controlling Uh a social interaction and making it very much about like human on human right and um you know you sit in it there's no there's no it's about breaking down hierarchies um it's basically is what it is a, a sphere that sits on a Kind of a stand but it's an eight foot sphere so it's huge uh i mean it's a really big big ball you climb through the middle and then there's this cushion you sit around you climb right through the middle and you sit on a cushion and there's a there's a user guide that goes with it so you pick up a user guide and it kind of explains like you sit like this this is what you do and so it you know it's about you know they have these meeting spaces there so the way that facebook works is like you you when you want to have a meeting no one has really an office everyone just sits at these big tables and works um and when you want to have a meeting you rent a meeting room and so this was kind of like another you know i'm I'm basically set it up i wanted to set it up as a meeting room you could rent yeah or you could reserve time right so you have to reserve time and then you know specifically with the intention of it being kind of like you said against the grain of the technological yeah uh, environment yes and kind of yet it was in the belly of the beast yeah yeah on facebook campus like that's kind of yeah but Um, but probably a really cool wonderful opportunity to create that kind of an experience for people who i'm sure could use some more of that and people were really really stoked and i mean people seem so it was well received yeah Yeah. it was well received and it seemed like i don't know if you had any like anecdotal direct experiences or encounters but it seemed like people were really like getting into it and like using it yeah. To its, its fullest extent and all that. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, that is kind of, it is a closed campus. So, like, I don't right. really get to see who totally knows? who knows yeah. how people are. Yeah. Um, It'd be cool to check back in in, like, a couple of years, you know, and just, yeah. like, hear some stories or, like, yeah. follow, you know, kind of follow it back in time, like, through people, like, oh, you know, you should talk to, you. had a great, you know, experience in yeah. there. Because that'd be cool. Yeah. To see the end result of that. Like totally. That. I know. Well, I've <laughs> built other things for it. So, I built them another one, too. That um, was very similar, but it was about kind of the landscape around Facebook and how really incredible it is. Another friend of mine did a project about these salt flats, and I, I, you know, I think they're really, it's really beautiful. I don't know if you ever flown over that area. When you fly into SFL, you fly over, but it's these colorful kind of like pools of all these really beautiful colors, and you get in from the roof of Facebook, you can see it. So I made like a kind of a dome with a window a circular window that looks right out over the oh, cool. the field so it's kind of the same thing it's about like you go in and it's like it, it's kind of me saying like hey take a moment and just check out this epic landscape right here because it's pretty yeah. cool and again you know that with all my projects windows are i always think about windows in in terms of like of like sharing a view sharing something that i want people you know like it, it's another way of telling someone, like, hey, this is an important view. I want you to look at this, hmm. you know, in the same way that a painting on a wall is, like, you know, I've, it has importance. Sure. And I want you to look at this painting. It's like a window is kind of, you know. Right. Um, I mean, that's what windows are, you know. <laughs> we sometimes forget that. It, I think we, a lot of times, time. like, you just place windows in random places yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, when you don't have anything to look at. But, um a lot of my projects, like a treehouse, I think like, oh, like I like, look at that. Like I climb the tree and I'm like, that's the spot. Look mm. at that. It's amazing. Right. That's where the, this window's going to go. It's going to be a yeah. circular window right here. It's going to look out through that redwood grove, you know? Um, right. So. Pretty cool that you got to do that in the oh, yeah. time that you did at Facebook, just in terms of 
you know how rapidly excelling um yeah it was it was actually a lot smaller believe it or not even though like, facebook was huge at the time there were definitely like i think they had like hit a billion users while i was there wow um they still were huge but it was so a you lot kind of smaller got to get company. in there then a little bit almost ahead of the curve in terms of like the the rapid progress yeah of, i think it was about 2011 or something okay yeah so yeah yeah it was so like right around the so time you, they bought you instagram have like a really critical seed there in terms Maybe. of like the cultural development around Maybe. that space. Maybe. I don't think so. No. I mean, <laughs> I who know. knows? You know, Maybe. even if it's in one person's life, right? No, I know. I, yeah. Well, that's what you hope for. Yeah. 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 That's nice. <laughs> I, I would certainly hope so, just given, you know, the influence that Facebook has on the world, that, that an artist like such as yourself could come in there and have an influence on Facebook. Yeah. You know, just one person coming in and saying, hey, look around. Hey, Facebook's pause. pretty darn cool if they do that. Like for all the like shit they're getting right now and it is it you know um and yeah like they're yeah, won't go into that but like they're no other company is doing that no other company is like hey let's just like give something back to the community let's like support some artists it's pretty evolved yeah you know i mean dude they you know and pay artists really well to right. come here and do projects and i did three projects there yeah. um and all of them were you know like they let me do whatever i wanted they just gave me free reign I, one of my the projects i took home with me it was a camper i built for myself <laughs> um and uh you know they're it was awesome and they have a really good budget to support artists i mean think if like google and apple and all these other companies did that so uh, you have to definitely be like they're fucking rad to do that that's super so cool. rad no yeah. I, i'm glad you shared that because i have been developing a you know a bit of a pessimistic view of them you know in light, in light of some other areas of influence yeah but, I, but it is nice to hear that and it is it is important to acknowledge that they have many facets still a very cool novel experience i'm sure for everyone there to have you know some surfer kid come in and you know yeah build some art you know not yeah. to give you know what i mean like yeah no, just kind of coming in like who is this guy yeah like, wow totally what you do is cool i met you some know? cool people while i was there i bet like, really yeah yeah friends it was fun um, so with with a life of surfing, you know what I'm sure you've thought about it before, but how do you see the relationship between you know your surfing and, and that being a creative outlet for expression and um, and your art and just kind of like like how they influence one another? Yeah, well, I don't know like uh, I'm trying to think about I mean there's obviously influences, but it's more about like a lifestyle, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, where you know surfing kind of you know to to be to be a surfer and to really surf you really you have to like choose a certain lifestyle which is you know a lot of waiting around a lot of watching a lot of free time um or at least an open schedule you know and so i mean i think that art works really well with that you know because you know i'm my own boss and the work that i do i'm i'm you know and so i wonder if i was a surfer maybe i wouldn't you know, I might have taken a, you know, a different path in my life where I might have been like, ah, I'll just like get a job here and, you know, um, I don't, you know, and, and I'll go, you know, skiing on the weekends or something right. or I'll, weekend warrior. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think surfing has guided my life in that way, mm-hmm. you know, like, like every surfer, most surfers, um, you know, but it's actually the opposite for me. Like I, the weekends I don't surf at all. I hang out with my family and that's Mm -hmm. like family time. And the weekdays is when I surf. Yeah. And usually it's like right in the middle of the day. Like I generally surf right before lunch. Yeah. Then I have lunch and I go back to work. Um, 
that's my that's my surf time. I try to finish my surf right before uh, fresh air. It's like an NPR nice. show. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like that. that's classic. <laughs> At one o'clock. Yeah. So I try to I try to get it. You know, not not necessarily. If the waves are good, I'll keep going. Yeah. But get your water ritual and yeah. come back to land for your. I really love fresh land air. routine. <laughs> yeah, fresh air is great. That's really funny. <laughs> it's at one o'clock. I used to, uh, I used to always get off my old job um, just in time to hear the writer's almanac, and I used to love closing out the day, oh, listening yeah. to Garrison Keillor, read some poems, and oh, give some totally. history on what, what's been done yeah. that day. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's funny how radio can do that, you know, because the regular scheduled programs, right? So you can yeah. develop these like lifestyle routines. Totally. Around That's really cool. Is there anything that you've learned from your relationship to water and or surfing or the ocean or whatever that you think has kind of taught you something that has enabled you to, as I put it, like better surf the waves of life? Like like some lessons that you've yeah. learned. Well, with nature, nature is really an important thing to have in our life. Um, and I think it's... For us, it's surfing. That's our nature, generally. But I'm sure, like, if you're into rock climbing mm -hmm. or whatever, I mean, it's just really important to connect with nature. I think it, like, grounds you, and it it, it makes you think about, in, you know, environmental things that are important to think about and caring for, you know, our environment. And um, so I really love that that's what surfing is. And, I, I mean, I think that when I, I really... Like today, we were gonna. We were like, should we surf? Ah, it's okay. I don't know. Like, but at the end of the day, it's like we know that if it's just like really good medicine. You go surfing, you're gonna yeah. just feel, you're gonna feel better. And it's like I look at surfing really that way. Like where I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily look at like I gotta surf all the best days. I look at it more like I gotta surf a few times this week just so I like can feel relaxed and have better perspective yeah it on the on dry land you know yep. um and uh which is nice it's a nice way to surf it's you know like i don't think i don't go out thinking like oh i'm gonna rip so hard it's like more like going out and thinking like oh, i'm just kind of cruise and get a few waves and just kind of you know and that's definitely as i get older that's something i feel more Although sometimes I really just do want to just shred really hard. <laughs> but you're <laughs> right. It they kind of come from two different places. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like one's a little bit more kind of almost ritualistic and like Yeah, ther but I do think about yeah. it that way. Like I'll, I'll sometimes go surfing and I'll get one wave. Like I'll just be like, ah, I just need to get in the ocean. Wow. And I'll paddle out. I do that sometimes on big days too because I'm scared. Yeah. And I'm just like, I got I, one. <laughs> yeah. No, I do that sometimes on big ocean beach days yeah. where I'm like, I'm really scared yeah. right now, and I don't want to go out. But I know that if I don't go out, I'll I'll regret not going out right. for like maybe a month yep. or maybe a year. And not like knowing what could have been. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go out. I'm really scared, but I'm just gonna get one wave, and then I'm gonna ride that wave all the way to shore. And sometimes I do that, and yeah. I just and it's like, it doesn't matter that I got one wave or twenty waves, like that one wave even if it wasn't the best wave i feel really good that i went out and yeah. i just did it you know well and um, you you challenge yourself and you yeah. raise the occasion yeah it's like you, you put yourself through it and to a, put it in process. perspective ocean beach you know this isn't just any beach break it's no. it's legit this is some serious really, water really here. heavy heavy when it's big it's oh yeah it's crazy because it's it's not even so much the size of the waves it's something no. bigger than that um it's it's the water here. It's is, the scale of everything is really intense. You're alone. Huge playing field. 
Yeah, you're way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I've definitely surfed bigger waves than I've surfed Ocean Beach. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, the waves are, it's a I, story. I get majorly it's humbled every time I surf there. Yeah. Including even today on two foot double up <laughs> inside loaders, you know? Yeah. Just like, oh yeah, it's a three foot. Oh God, it's getting real thick here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. That was a crazy I watched you just there. get pulled, blown up by like a three foot wave. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> that was so funny to watch. Because I, you know, it's one of those classic <laughs> cathartic things where like every surfer's been there and it's so fun to see your friend just be like, you're so fucked right now. <laughs> oh, when I was pounding back out? Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was crazy. Like, you're like, oh, oh have you're fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, even... If, you know, if you hear stories even that like the like you know Hellman, so to speak, and stuff like that of big wave surfing. Like those guys sometimes don't even catch more than one wave, you know, or or they don't even catch a wave, yeah. you know, or they're out there for hours, you know. And I, you know, a lot of them would I probably admit that you know they're scared, but it's not about whether or not you're scared. It's do you go face that fear yeah. and do you you know accept the challenge and do you just feel that living that like yeah. intensity that vitality that comes with facing fears i guess and and being out of control kind of yeah i don't know i, I like could. that too it's like i forgot who was talking about this but just maybe it was like mark healy or something i can't remember i was listening to it. but it's it's kind of about it's more about saying like okay it's okay to be scared but like how do you react to that mm-hmm. and how do you like it's kind of it's about like meditation more than anything like about calming yourself and yeah. relaxing and and kind of mind over matter or sure. you know mind over body yeah and just you know and uh or mind over mind whatever's happening there i'm not sure but <laughs> yeah no but like you said how do you handle that stimulus like, yeah how do you react and how do you respond because i mean you could train the shit you could be in you know iron man shape and whatever and, and if you're not right in the head and not level-minded and you go enter the water like oh yeah you can die well the thing too with ocean beach is when i first moved here um, I've lived here now about 15 years and I used to go out in anything. Mm. I never, and the longer I've been here, the more I'm scared. Mm. And, uh, I had like a few, I had one incident where my leash broke and I was swimming forever. My board completely disappeared mm. and I s- just could not get in. And yeah. it's it probably, I was realistically, I probably was swimming for a half hour, but it felt so like a very long, long, long time. And then there was in a moment waters, where, a long yeah, time. Yeah, I couldn't, I was stuck between the two, the inner and outer bar, mm-hmm. and I just was like, I started kind of like panicking, and my, I, it was crazy, I had like a panic attack, mm-hmm. and my, my arms felt like they had like weights tied to them, like I couldn't, and my legs, everything felt heavy, mm-hmm. and my heart was like, everything was heavy in me, and I was like, holy shit, this is it, this is like what it feels wow. like before you drowned. Yeah, I'm becoming a weight about the same. And then I was like, but you know, like, I'm not someone who's gonna drown yeah and I kind of like came back and eventually I actually there weren't really any waves I just couldn't get in because I was stuck yeah. and I, I just kind of laid on my back for a while wow and floated and just and calm, calm myself yourself. yeah and it it worked out but ever since then it took me like years to be able to get over that yeah, yeah like I, I started having feelings where I would be in a situation where I was like my heart started pounding and I started feeling that heaviness again mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is about, like, for me, going out on those bigger days is, like, overcoming those and, like, trying to kind of, like, have more control over my mind. And Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like thinking about that. It's it's awesome. It's really cool because you can do that work anywhere. Yeah. You know? Like you said, it is really meditation work. 
and um, it's just learning to develop a good, healthy relationship with our internal process, you know, and yeah. our external world. It's very cool. Is there anything, um, just before I let you go, is there anything that you could offer as, you know, whatever, one piece of advice to people out there who might be struggling with trying to commit to their own, like, creative outlet, or, you know, whether it's art or whatever, you know, or, ju or just kind of settle for what's available, like, people who are wrestling with that process. With, um... I mean, not I, to like pursue their passions, whole, you know, full full speed ahead, and like you said, just kind of like one thing after another, let that happen and unfold. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's really hard for people just to start projects. Mm. You know, like people have an idea, they're like, "Oh, I want to build a camper, for example, or I want to build like whatever a cabin," and it just can be so overwhelming the starting. And so I I always kind of think that that's the best advice I can give is you just gotta you just gotta start, you know, and what a, in whatever small way you can you just start mm. and I I mean everyone feels that way I feel intimidated every time I start a project and uh, it can be really hard and you just have to be like you just gotta remember that the reason I just need to start and that's that's the difference between making the work and not making the work yeah. I know what you you kind of asked me something a little bit different no I think that I think but, that gets to it you know um, it's I think that's important. Like, like you said, a lot of people just stall out before they even begin. You know, yeah. or the paralysis by analysis, right? You know, it's like you can sit there thinking oh, yeah. about it forever. You know, and uh, you just do your head in. But if you yeah. just build every day, something, yeah. you know, yeah. create something, like totally. it seems like it'll just give you, yeah, that life energy that you need to support it. It's been fun. I mean, I think I really love the path I'm on and I really love the way like looking back over my work and what I've done over the years like I, it's so fun to think about how each project has really inspired the next yeah and there's kind of this lineage of work and I'm just I'm really thankful I've been able to like take that path in life and am stoked to see what will you know what the next 10 years will be like and awesome where things will go and yeah that's so cool um, no, it's, I, it's I'm good. I'm really so inspired and yeah, I'm just so to hear I'm, you I'm, say all that. It's, yeah, I'm so thankful that I've, um, you know, I, I definitely see it as I'm lucky. You know, we live in paradise here, yeah, in California and the U.S. And so, you know, um, I definitely am not unaware of that. But um, you know, uh, it's we're really lucky here. So, yeah, just thankful that I'm able to to live that life. It's definitely super cool. Yeah. Um, well, we're lucky to have you doing it, inspiring the rest of us. So, nice. doing doing some good work, putting it out there, and inspiring all the rest of us to pursue those creative passions. And that was a lot of you know, like why I you've I had this like freaking running list of like 200 names, you know, and then I have like short lists and long lists, like people I don't know are on my long oh, list. Oh, right. you know? damn! And you were definitely you know in there in, in your oh, respective so categories, nice. but it's just cool to like for me you know the podcast has become this like opportunity to just like connect and just like reach out you know even if it's through someone else like reese or whatever so cool you know yeah. i'm just like oh i get to so like on a selfish level i'm like i get to meet these people yeah the byproduct of your work is that you just get to you know you get all these like interesting perspectives yeah and, and i get to ask these so questions cool. that like yeah. i wonder about but like i'm not gonna write someone and like be like email me back you know yeah. <laughs> tell me your life story you know well um it's just a platform you hit me at a good time because I've I really I really love podcasts. I think they're really that's awesome. For me, I spend a lot of time alone working, and they're so cool. Mm. You know, I, I'm always 
anytime someone says like, you should check out this podcast, I check it out. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm always looking for something That's new rad. to listen to. And I love stories. And well, I think it's, I mean, podcasts as a medium have become very successful and they they have a pretty, you know, solid trajectory going forward. Even I think a lot of it is kind of speaking to this, like, it's filling this void that we've kind of come to miss in culture in the format of storytelling, you know, yeah. in the format of like real human dialogue and oh, yeah. human exchange, unadulterated, no f- gimmicks or whatever, you know, just like you get the humanity out of it. Yeah, totally. And you learn so much from that. It's like we've, we've always learned through storytelling since we've had language and all of a sudden we kind of forgot like how important storytelling is. Yeah. Like I'm sure we all can think of some grandfather or grandmother or great grand, you know, who just had great stories mm-hmm. or, you know, great jokes or whatever, like just that's such a rich part of culture. I never thought about that. Yeah. It's, true. it's a lot of what motivated me call. to do this was, it was like, oh, that's what I'm feeling when I, when I really love these, these podcasts that I listen to is like, I feel like I'm there. Like, I feel like I'm with that person, you know, yeah. like I get a sense of them as a human. It's not as curated as every other opportunity we get to experience them in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. man. I really appreciate yeah. you doing this and, um, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. thinking of me. For sure. Absolutely. All right, man. That's going to do it for our show today, everybody. If you enjoyed what you heard in your time with us, please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. You can find our episodes there or on SoundCloud and Stitcher. If you were turned on by anything in today's episode, please take the time and tell a friend or a loved one about the show. It's listener recommendations and support from people like you that make the show possible. If you think the show deserves to grow and or adds value to your life, you can contribute your support by donating on Patreon, an easy-to-use crowdfunding platform for creators such as myself. If you're interested in any of the guests or topics covered in the episodes, you can find further information about them in the show notes section on iTunes or in the blog posts on our website. If you want to check out some of Jay's art and learn more about him, you can head to his website at jnelsonart.com. There he showcases not only his incredible woodwork, but also some amazing paintings and collaboration projects done with him and his equally talented and creative wife, Rachel Kay. You can also follow these projects and his story through his Instagram handle, at Jay. Today, I leave you with a song by Flamingosis, titled, Make Me Late for Breakfast. Until next time, be well, keep in touch, and enjoy the ride.
Yeah.